Good morning, Hill City Church. It is great to see all of you, to join you and be with you today. And thank you. If maybe this is your very first time uh, joining us here in our, our live broadcast, pre-recorded broadcast, thank you for being with us today. Uh, we count on the privilege to be able to share with you. And uh, we believe God just takes the word and he takes these messages that we're sharing and he actually begins to propagate them elsewhere over time. And so if you're just listening to this now, maybe even weeks later, or you just picked it up through the week, thank you. God has a word for you today. God has a word for you today. We're following in this series, Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son. We've placed our faith within him and he is showing us how to be his disciple. And he's giving us a representation about what a disciple is by how he lives. And so all through this time, and I've loved hearing the different voices that have shared, and we're going to hear some more. I'm excited about that in these coming weeks as we, we move deeper into this. But, you know, we're talking about Jesus, a perfect example, and what it is, how he is a perfect example for every single disciple. He's, he's, he's expecting something of you. He's laying something out for you. Um, I believe this word today is going to challenge your heart, but in such a good way. There is an answer here for every piece of rejection that you have ever experienced in your life, okay? There's an answer today for uh, relational conflicts for you here today. There's an answer in this word that I'm going to share with you. Today's message is Jesus' example. Jesus' example was this, is that Jesus was willing, hear how I'm saying this, Jesus was willing to forgive everyone. He actually said in the verse that I'm going to read you, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And when he said that, it may not mean what everybody thinks it means. You see, it doesn't mean that he forgave everyone. So we're going to talk about what it means to have this attitude of being willing to forgive everyone. It changes the game. I don't know what you're going through right now. I can only imagine because I'm observing people's lives. I'm walking through things with people right now. We're counseling people. We're encouraging people from, from how do you how do you work through all these different ideas that are being propagated in, in, our, in our society and in our culture uh, of re seemingly rejections and racisms and, and ideologies that are being spoken of and, and concepts that are flying straight against even your Judeo-Christian ethics, your biblical Christian worldview with regards to the value of life, for instance, and, and euthanasia bills and right to die ideas and all these things. Like this is significant that we are positioned in life period with this attitude that Jesus wants us to catch and we can catch it. He's, he's laying it out for us. I want to read uh, with you here today, just a section of scripture where Jesus said this, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. And just a little bit of setup. This is, this is at the crucifixion. This is where Jesus is being crucified on a cross. And I, I pick it up in Luke 23, verse 32 uh, to 36, just a few verses here. Uh, it says that there were two criminals were led away with Jesus and all three were to be executed together. And when they came to the place that is known as the skull, the guards crucified Jesus, nailing him on the center cross between the two criminals. And while they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. 
The soldiers, after they crucified him, they gambled over his clothing. The great crowd gathered to watch and was what was happening. And the religious leaders, they sneered at Jesus. They mocked him, saying, look at this man. What kind of chosen Messiah is this? He pretended to save others, but he can't even save himself. The soldiers joined in the mockery by joining, by offering Jesus a drink of vinegar. Can you imagine, just look down. Jesus is looking down from his posture of his body being really stretched and pulled as his nails are being, as his, his, his hands are hanging from nails and he's bleeding and the shock and the mistreatment leading up to this and everything that happens. And here, here there are, not only is he dying in a, as an innocent man because he wasn't guilty of anything and he was crucified between two guilty men um, and yet he, two criminals, and yet he wasn't a criminal um, he's been been literally emotionally, physically abused. He's being he's just being being he's got the brunt of it here. And he didn't he didn't do anything to deserve the mistreatment. He didn't he didn't do anything to his. The one accusation is that he's the Messiah. He, he's the one sent by God to save people from their sin. That's sounds like a really good thing, not something someone should should die such a brutal death over, but it was ordained of God that this would be the case because the Lamb of God was going to die and shed his blood for the sin of many. And so Jesus, Jesus is being mistreated. He's being humiliated. He's watching it happen. It's all, it's not, it's, it's, he, he's cognitive of what is going on around him, leading up to it and right in the throes of it, right down to these moments. I mean, you can't even imagine. And, um, He's even he's even mocked by one of the one of the guilty guys next to him. He he's he deserves uh, the crucifixion for and 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 even even one of the other criminals suggests that like you know well <laughs> you know we're getting what we deserve but he he did he's he, he didn't do anything you know we, and even this one mocked him mocked him one didn't but one did and Jesus looks down and and there they are I mean you imagine put yourself in that place like there's situations in life that we can relate to and and here they are they're 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 gambling over his uh wee little bit of 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 worn out clothes that he wore um it's incredible when you think about it and Jesus looks down on them and he says father forgive them they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing and well, on one hand, they do know what they're doing because, after all, this these guards, these centurions—I mean, this is what they do for a living. I mean, they're actually quite good at it. They're pros. Okay, so they do know what they're doing. They're following out. Uh, they, they're not. There's not some softness of heart here that is like, oh, we should talk nice to the guys now that they're hanging on the on the cross. You know, we did our bit here. No, 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 no. They're just brutal men. They're just carrying out what they've been told to do. But on the other hand, they also didn't know Jesus as Jesus. They were rejecting the Lamb of God, the one that was sent to save them from their very sin. So they didn't know what they, they knew what they were doing, but they didn't know what they were doing. And on the other hand, look at Jesus. What is he doing? He was actually dying for this very thing that he spoke. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He, he was dying for the very essence of forgiveness, providing forgiveness of sins, providing forgiveness for individuals, people, you, for you, for me. My goodness, as I talk about this day, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the fact of the mercy that God has shown to me because he was willing to forgive me. There was something I needed to do. I need to do 
I needed to, by faith, receive that forgiveness that was extended for me through the cross of Calvary, Jesus' death, and place my faith and believe in him. But for me, for me, I'm guilty of sin. I came to recognition of this. As a believer, you come to recognition that you need a savior to save. You can't save yourself from your own sin, not to cleanse you and wash you of your unrighteousness and put you in right standing before God. Only Jesus' sacrifice can do that. And it's overwhelming when you stop and think of it. But this is why it's so important that Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. It doesn't mean that everyone was forgiven unilaterally without repentance and faith. That's required. I, I received what he was willing to offer by saying, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I repented. I turned from the sin. I received Christ's provision for my sin. And we all need to. You see, it does mean that Jesus was willing to forgive them when he said these words. But it also, you see, it shows this glorious, merciful <laughs> father heart of God. Are you that merciful? I I'm like, you know, here, here I'm saying, here's an example, guys, that Jesus showed us. He did this. He had this attitude. He was willing to forgive people that mistreated him and mocked him and made fun of him and put him down and physically abused him, all like the gamut, the whole gamut there, murdered him as an innocent man. And you see the mercy of God in this. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I wonder, I wonder as an example, as I appeal to you, could you do this? Or should we do this? Is this, is this realistic for us that... Those that have received this level and depth of mercy ourselves, that we would have enough mercy from God in our hearts toward other people who do things to us that are hurtful to actually be willing to forgive. Doesn't mean they're sorry, but can we be willing to forgive them? Be in a posture of being willing to forgive. I want to talk about that because this is extremely freeing. This is actually one of the keys to victorious life. It's one of the keys to overcoming rejection in our own lives that we've we've experienced. And you know how rejection goes is that if you had experienced rejection in the past and then all of a sudden something's fresh and someone mistreats you in a similar way and it sets you off and it triggers your reaction and it's like it's like it's like man the rejection kicks in and you 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 go into gear of avoidance you go into gear of 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 the same pain and hurt that you're experiencing and yet Jesus is saying hey you could this is what I you know you've been shown mercy you, you could show mercy. Uh, you could be in a position of an attitude of being willing to forgive. So you can overcome rejection. And one of the, one of the answers in all this for sure, and I need, just need to state this here, is that, okay, well, overcoming unforgiveness is embedded in this. Unforgiveness is a sin. It's a sin before God for us not to forgive. It's kind of like us even treading under feet. The very blood of Jesus was shed on the cross for us. It's, we're denying its power, denying it when we don't give what's been given to us. And so we need to repent. We need to acknowledge that being unforgiving in ourselves toward anyone and any situation is a sin before God. It, it's a sin. It's sinful. It's, it's, that's all about me. It's all about myself. It's all about me holding on to hurt and making myself a container of pain 
and keeping it in me and trying to live with it, but we weren't made to be a container of, of hurt and hold it. And we will be those hurt people going through life hurting people because it's just is what comes out because it's what's in there. And one of the keys in this is repenting of unforgiveness. Anyways, here's where this journey takes us in this Jesus example is what does it mean to be willing to forgive? Well, one of the first things I want to leave with you today is willing, willingly, and I think these are the keys, willingly give people another chance. It's almost like an outlook. Um, okay, I, I've had I've had a second chance. I've had opportunity. People have been patient with me. People have given me another opportunity. It's kind of the same idea. It says in James 2, verse 12 to 13 in ESV, it says this. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is what is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment is the idea. It's like, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Um, I, I, I want mercy. I, I don't, I don't, you know, we don't, we're going to be judged the way we judge others. Come on, mercy. There's a mercy point here is why we would give people another chance. We wouldn't just automatically write them off or and out of judgment. We would show mercy. So let me read to you a parable that is just I, I was reading this, and I, I really hadn't looked at it this way before, but it's a parable in Luke 13, verse 1 to 8. And there's some comments that preceded that talk about how people view of, view things happening to other people and going, yeah, they got their comeuppance, you know, like, yeah, they deserve that. Oh, yeah, well, you know, that's why that happened, because, you know, they, they're sick because they're living in sin. And all these things that we throw out, at these judgments. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Those are judgments. You know, we actually, if we actually say it now, we've even verbalized it. Look what it says here. Now, again, we're talking about giving people a chance. It says, some of those present, this is Luke 13, verse 1. Some of those present informed Jesus that Pilate had slaughtered some Galilean Jews while they were offering sacrifices at the temple, mixing their blood with the sacrifices that they were offering. Wow. Verse 2, Jesus turned and asked the crowd, Do you believe that the slaughtered Galileans were the worst sinners of all the Galileans? No, they weren't. So listen to me, Jesus said, unless you all repent, you will perish as they did. It's like, hey, you know, it's comparing ourselves to people here. Who's, who's more guilty? <laughs> Verse 4 says, Or what about those 18 who perished when the Tower of Siloam fell upon them? Do you really think that no? Do you really think that they were more guilty than all of the others in Jerusalem? It's interesting how our brain goes. He was answering specifically how we can think today. No, they weren't, Jesus said. But unless, he speaks directly to us, unless you repent, you will all eternally perish just as they did. Watch this. Now look at the parable. Okay, that's preceding the parable. Now, the parable is of a barren tree. Just a couple verses here, but profound. Another chance. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who planted a fig tree in his orchard, but when he came to gather fruit from his tree, found none. It was barren. It had no fruit. So he said to his gardener, for the last three years, I've come to gather figs from my tree, but it remains fruitless. What a waste. Go ahead. Cut it down. Cut it down. Cut that tree down, throw it in the fire, burn it up. Gone. History. Adios, tree. You're fruitless. 
But the gardener said, now Jesus, this is Jesus. He, he used parables to teach us something, right? And he's illustrating what he just laid out about these people that, that, that died in some situations and what their view of it was. But the gardener said, sir, we should leave it one more year. Let me fertilize and cultivate it. Then let's see if it will produce fruit. Huh. I came up with a decision here recently. My wife and I, we pulled into our driveway and we have these four fruit trees that we planted and several of them are producing fruit, but we have this keech plum. Man, it puts off great leaves and all this kind of stuff and uh, no fruit, no fruit, no fruit over these whatever five years, I guess it is, or yeah, something that we've had. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I said to my wife, I said, yeah, you know what? No, sorry, it was her. She she didn't have patience for the fruit tree. She said, yeah, you know what? We should just pull that up. It doesn't produce any fruit. And I went, um, one more year, one more year. <laughs> I said, I won't, I won't prune it quite as harsh. And, and we're just, I'm just really treat it well and fertilize it, kind of like the story here. And I'm like, I had this mercy in my heart for the tree that I planted. And I'm just like hopeful for fruit. So anyways, doesn't mean that my wife is heartless. <laughs> doesn't mean that at all. But look at the story here. You know, in the big picture, every one of us, uh, it's basically, you know, I, in the NIV, the beginning of, of these verses I read here, it's titled repent or perish. I mean, isn't that the case? And so then he's like, you know, at the end, it's like, don't kill the tree, give it one more year. My point is this, ultimately, we are all going to die but you don't have to die eternally, eternally, okay? Our hope that, and God's hope is that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Don't write people off. Give people another year. Don't you be the one that's holding unforgiveness toward them because sometimes that's the very thing that holds them from coming to Christ. My goodness, I want to be a helper in their journey forward. And you know what? And in that time span for them to come to repentance, even, even if it's something they've done to me. And so what do we do? How does this change the scene? Well, it's all about a willingness. And look at my next point is this. We willingly forgive someone more than once. We need to be willingly, willingly forgive someone more than once. Willingly be ready to forgive them because it's just like Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know what they, what they do. Father, forgive them. They know what they do. There was this Greek text here. It implies where Jesus says, Father, forgive them was repeated over and over, actually, and over and over and over again. And so if you put into Jesus' text, I know the way it's laid out, but the Greek text means that it that it's being repeated, not not just it's not just a one-time thing where where we just willing to forgive once. Okay, well, I gave them a month. Um, I, of course, the other story here was a year. Well, that was interesting. But that's the Lord. Okay, but it doesn't indicate indicative of the fact that we should give people a chance. And then more than often than not, be willing to wait for their sake, for them to come to a place of being sorry for what they've done and us not forcing the sorriness. They have to have a grace granted to them. They need to come to that place for sure. But this also frees us of unforgiveness. This frees us of hurt when we get into this position. And 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 Jesus, you know, there he is being forced to the ground. I, I would imagine 
that this is ringing, you know, maybe even being said out loud each time as they force him brutally to the ground and begin to drive nails into his hands. Father, forgive them. They go to the feet. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. It was an attitude that permeated him. The, 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 the cross drops into the hole. Uh, the jerk. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It, it, gambling over his clothes. Father, forgive them. They know what, what they do. Mocking the sneering of leaves. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. You see, willingness implies being ready, disposed, even means cheerfully consenting, not to their evil, but in your own heart, a willingness to forgive, a posture. Willingness means, it means eagerness. It means enthusiasm. There's a, a positive outcome to this where you look at it like, wait a minute, is this all about me? Do I make this all about me so that I just own all this hurt? No, God, help them. Help them. We'll talk about that in a minute. Willing when they aren't sorry. You see, are we willing when they're not sorry? And that's kind of the long-suffering piece of this that Christ shows us an example of. Are we willing when they're doing stupid, hurtful stuff again? That's where the opportunity repeats itself, where now we need to be willing again to forgive. Willing again to be in that posture, to let it go. Okay, give people another another chance. Give them another chance, regardless. It's a posture. It's a posture. I know what you're saying. You say, well, it's not fair. I'm being mistreated. I don't want you to stay in situations where you're in danger. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I mean, gosh, I'm I'm an advocate, advocate of advocates. I'd be the first one to say, get you out of there. You know, you don't deserve to be physically abused in that sit in that setting. You don't deserve to be uh, mentally abused in the setting. Come on, there's help. There's security. We'll guard your heart. There's all that stuff. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But when those things happen, what do we do? What do we do with that? And this is, this is where the healing begins to take place and the opportunity for them not to die in their sin. Okay, like think about it. This is like people. What about us? I don't want to die. I don't want to come to the end of my life living out of my unforgiveness because I wasn't willing to forgive even though they weren't sorry. Right? There's some things people die and they're gone, and we never had a chance to say, hey, listen, I, I forgive you. I'm not even saying you need to, I'm making you go to them and say, hey, I, for, I forgive you, I forgive you. No, you're willing to forgive them. That's a posture. You're, that's a readiness that is non-judgmental and that is positioned to bring healing and restoration. That's a readiness. That's what that is. Mercy says, I won't treat you like you deserve. I will treat you like you don't deserve. And that would be more from a human point of view. I'm, I'll treat you like you don't deserve. I mean, think about it. This is what Jesus' example is teaching us. The Lord is long-suffering with us. He wants us in his peeling dust to also have that same attitude that we're long-suffering with people. And the last one, and I think that it's for the win, is, and this changes, and this is how we get into this posture, and I'll just say it this way, Willingly pray for those hurting you. Willingly pray for those hurting you. Don't, don't, don't stay under the hurt. Don't stay in that situation necessarily. Okay, there's parameters to that. Maybe you need a word of counsel and some advice. We'd be happy to help you. But not all situations are like that. Not all, and there is such a thing as boundaries, okay? I'm not throwing that out the window either. Hear my heart on this. This is a principle. This is a kingdom principle for you and I. Jesus, the persecuted... You, the persecuted, Jesus prayed for his persecutors. I'm saying pray for your persecutors. Praying for them continually keeps him at the forefront with God instead of the dark backdrop of your emotions 
where this gets out of control and you hang on to the hurt and the resentment grows and a root of bitterness grows and unforgiveness exists. Okay, so this is this is only possible by, by adopting a whole new attitude. Well, how do we do that? Where, where does that come from? Let me leave you with a couple of verses here today. Are you okay? I know this is kind of heavy, right? This is like this is like straight on stuff. Yes, it is. This stuff changes your life. This this is in the very heart of God. It's very opposite to how I thought as a non-Christian. Very opposite to how I thought as non-Christian. But my mind and your mind being renewed in the word of God, a transformation takes place where we see the truth of God. We've been redeemed. Oh, how, how do we walk out redemption in our life and the lives of other people? Well, come on, let's not live out of unforgiveness. Let's be willing to forgive. So we pray for those that are hurting us. Okay, this is, so how is it possible? Adopt the new attitude. It says in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, in his body, there's many, you may be suffering all the different kinds of things that you've suffered. It says, arm yourself also with the same attitude Christ had, because whoever suffers in their body is done with sin. I mean, think about it. Okay, arm yourself with the same attitude of Christ. It's like, I'm going to go through things. They're not going to be pleasant. In this life, I expect there's going to be some mistreatment. There's going to be disrespect. I'm going to lay down my rights at the foot of the cross is what I'm going to do. Because the moment I'm convinced that I should fight for my right to be respected, it's full on. It's repay evil for evil, insult with insult. You'll never win that one. You'll only grow more angry. All right. This is the attitude of the heart you and I must have to be able to be willing Okay, willing for heart change in others. They're not ready. They don't see it. They don't know what they're doing. Remember what Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They do and they don't. Okay, so in Romans 15, 5 to 6, it gives us some more advice. It says, may the God who gives endurance, <laughs> endurance for the, you know, like a long distance runner, endurance, you need some endurance. Okay, like God's for you, he's not against you and He's a comforter and the body of Christ cares and surrounds and supports and we support one another. Endurance, okay, God's with you. May the God who gives endurance, he actually will give endurance. Isn't this a beautiful word? And encouragement. Give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he provides. He is, if, as we ask him and as we walk through this, we want this attitude. I want to be merciful as he is and be patient with people that are around us in, in how they mistreat us. It's going to take some endurance. And we say, he, he says right here, I give endurance and I also give encouragement in the minute. And, I, and this is, out of that comes this same attitude, this of mind toward each other. We want to we want to be in check. We want to check. You need to actually stop and check. I've forgiven a lot of people. I've, I've, I've been willing to forgive a lot. But there's people that don't even know I've forgiven them, and they're probably run a long ways away, and maybe I'll never, ever see them, but I, I, don't, I don't have anything against them. Did they do something to me? Did they let me down? Did they rip me off in some cases? Yes, it's okay. It's okay. That's not a doormat. I'm not living in resentment. They, they don't have a place in my heart, in my brain, okay? So here's some keys here. So in Ephesians 4, verse 21 to 27, it says, When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made, here it is, to be made new 
in the attitude of your minds, okay, and to put off, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's this, there's this taking off an old and putting on a new, almost like putting on a brand new coat and taking off an old garment that was corrupted. Okay, this is how we are new creatures in Christ, verse 24, because it's saying made new in the attitude of our mind and to put on the new self to be created like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, look look at this. This is a relational statement and, and a, a lot here. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, okay? For we are all members of one body. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't let give the devil a foothold. You see, this unforgiveness opens a massive door of opportunity for the enemy to take advantage of us. It says here, a foothold, taking advantage to twist and to turn and to move you where he wants because you went asleep angry and maintaining anger against the person feeling somehow that that is that is a a, a weapon uh, of defense and it's a destructive one that the devil then lies the falsehoods come put off falsehood speak truthfully to your neighbor fulfill the royal law of love and love your neighbor as yourself is what he's talking about so praying for those who hurt you exposes your anger to the light of god's grace it's like Wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. This is this is what I'm experiencing. I'm taking it to God in prayer, and I'm praying for the person. Lord, help my attitude. God, this really hurts. We confess our pain and our hurt to God. Okay, and there's there's a place in confidence to also confess that to people and just say, "Man, I I I feel hatred toward this person. That would be a sin. Hatred is akin to murder. Okay, one thing leads to an next. Not saying that you'll murder someone, but the, what the Bible talks about." That's why we don't hold anger in our hearts. We need to reconcile that before God. So it's this attitude, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Sounds nice. It's another thing to do it. But it is one thing that will free you and I and bring us to the place of repenting of the sin of unforgiveness and then living our life in an attitude, a brand new attitude as a new creature in Christ positioned with a willingness to forgive and it doesn't guarantee that they will be sorry just like christ's forgiveness for all mankind does not guarantee that all will repent and some will perish he doesn't want it that way we don't want it that way and we don't want, want any of us to be that stumbling block either or have things in our lives that are a stumbling block for us so remember what i said give people another chance willingly forgive someone be willing to forgive someone more than once in other words that same someone and that other same someone you may have to be willing in situations more than one time long suffering positioned in a true attitude it's like yes i'm not taking it out on them i'm not getting even yes this isn't fair i've confessed that to god i brought it to god and lord i'm gonna i'm clothing myself in your my mind is being renewed in your word here about this attitude i want this attitude and then willingly pray willingly pray for those who are hurting you or have hurt you to keep it in the forefront with God so they resolve in your heart that you, you're not going to be their stumbling block by, by your sin of unforgiveness, nor set them up for more pain. 
but pray for them. They do need prayer. Let's face it. They do need prayer. When it's nice to know if, let's say, um, you know, you know, one of us, what you, uh, and, 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 you know, you didn't conduct yourself so well and you took it out on some people and you sowed some hurt. Wouldn't it be nice to know that then they would be willing to forgive us? That's a nice thought, isn't it? That there would be mercy for us and somebody would be out there praying for us to help us come to the end of ourselves and really truly repent. Boy, wouldn't the world be a little bit different if we all prayed that way, prayed all that way. That's what I have for you today. I wonder, is there a little bit of homework to do that's called a heart search? It's called a heart search. And uh, God's been faithful to me. There's been multiple moments and times in my life the last time I remember, last time I went to fast, I got on my knees before the Lord and I said, Father, as I go into this fast, is there any outstanding hurt that I'm holding against anyone? Unforgiveness, perhaps. Gosh, he showed me three people. I'm real, guys. You're real. You and I need to do this. I need to do this. We, we do the inventory. We come to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is faithful to show us and he will redeem. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for Jesus' words, beautiful words. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Let those become our repetitive words in life and in all situations, Lord. Thank you for confronting us with the truth and the beauty and the redemption of your word and all that it contains for us. Bring healing out there today, I pray, in relationships and certainly bring about repentance in our hearts where we need to repent. And Father, help us to walk in this beautiful attitude, this willing attitude, this positional attitude in Jesus Christ where we're willing to forgive. Bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for sticking it out here this morning and listening. Today, if you have made a decision to really all of a sudden get serious about, wow, the God of heaven is that merciful? Yes, he is. Jesus died for you, innocent, where you or I is the guilty party. Uh, should have been punished, but he provides forgiveness for our sins. So we don't have to be punished, but have forgiveness. God would have it that none would perish because of their sin eternally, but live, have the gift of eternal life. That's for you. Listen, there's a place in our in our follow-up here after this message, we can just click a button and say, hey, I like just a little bit information on this about what it is to serve Jesus. God bless you as you pursue that. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear how you have been impacted by this message. You can contact us at info at hillcity.ca or simply find us on Facebook and Instagram.